When I was a teenager with buck teeth, an actual head brace, unibrow and frizzy hair, you literally couldn't have convinced me that I would one day be constantly asked questions on how I got over my crippling insecurities and built my confidence. How I went from that girl that tore up photos of herself to the woman who now chooses to stand in front of the camera every day. And so today, guys, I'm going to be very candid and answer your questions with no BS on what it takes and how you too can become radically confident. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to send you this video. I'm a professional dancer. And one of the things that I struggle with sometimes is that um, rabbit hole of self-doubt of, am I good enough to do it? Um, should I be doing this? Sometimes, you know, when you get criticism or you get feedback, you're like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. So I know inside of me that I can do it and I can do it, but I just feel like there's like a nugget that I'm missing of, um, how to overcome this mental block that I feel sometimes. So how do you do that? How do you overcome this mental block? And if you could help me, that would be amazing. So thank you so much. Monica, Monica, Monica. Just in the question, the way you phrased it, it's like you're allowing other people to dictate how you see yourself. Like abstractly talking to your phone or really talking to me, you even said, I know I'm a good dancer. So even in the question, you've said, you know that you're good at it, but other people are saying it. And so that's holding you back. So let's establish that, right? There's part of you that actually knows you're freaking good. Own it. Admit it. But then there's this other part of you that is um, unsure of yourself. And you're letting this dictate this. And that is very, very common. But here's how I overcome it. Sometimes, guys, you've got to let the negative voice speak to you. So if it's something that I'm doing, like on camera, and I've got the negative voice going, you're not good enough, Lisa. Maybe it's actually trying to tell me something. Like we all feel like we have to shut this negative voice out. And the truth is it didn't work for me. I tried to shut it off and it just kept coming back. And so while I was spending all this energy, I was like, well, hang on a minute. What if I use that energy for something else? What if instead of trying to use the energy to shut it up, I've been trying for years and it hasn't been working. What if I actually use it as a superpower? And it's a flip of the mind. Like, honestly, just tell yourself, what if I use this negativity as a superpower? What would that look like? In fact, right now, in real time, what I want you to do is say out loud, this negative voice is my superpower. Like, actually say it with me. This negative voice is my superpower. Great. What is it making you more powerful at? So for me, when it was in front of the camera and someone's like, hey, you're not good enough. Someone, as in the negative voice on my my little shoulder here, is saying, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Okay? How is that my superpower? It's showing me. Imagine, like, I really do think like this. It's like x-ray goggles letting me see things that I may not otherwise see. So if it's saying I'm not good enough, now maybe it's telling me something. The great news is that I can do something about it. I can practice. I can practice. I can practice. I can practice. I can watch videos. I can read about it. But I can keep practicing. And that voice now has not only changed from being kryptonite it is freaking now my superpower because it is allowing me and pushing me to get freaking better not succumbing to i'm not good enough yet it's pushing me to get better so with your dancing 
Let the negative voice seep in. Let all the people who are saying, you're not good enough, say, great, what am I not good at? good enough at now take that and say no bullshit how could I get the best in the world at it like no bullshit when I think about being in front of the camera I literally think no bullshit how do I become the best freaking person in front of the camera it's studying it's practicing it's looking at the freaking grades and it's not being afraid to fall on my face over and over and over again you get somebody like freaking um Edison Edison it took him a 10,000 tries and someone said to him Edison mate Edison um what, how do you feel about your 10 freaking, um, your 10,000 failures? And he's like, it wasn't 10,000 failures. It was 10,000 lessons. Lessons. Uh, how many videos do I have? Like, Josh, how many of these have we done? 120, maybe something like that. Women of Impact episode. 120 out of 10 freaking thousand. Well, let me tell you. Now I just know where I'm going. I have to keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. And the person I am now, like literally go back and watch one of my first episodes. Oh God, you can see that I'm tense. You can see that I don't know what I'm saying. But I don't beat myself up over it. I go, that was my practice. So girl, Monica, see this as a practice. See that negative voice as them telling you part of dancing that you may not be freaking good at. Now tell yourself you're going to put in the 10,000 hours, the 10,000 lessons, whatever you want to see. Do those and then focus on being so freaking good. They cannot ignore you. Because here's the thing, I didn't ever convince myself that Lisa, you are the best or that you could be the best. I always give myself the option that I could be, but deep down, I kind of know, look, there's only a certain amount of things that I can be the best at if I put my time and effort into it. So here's the other thing. I may not be good at it. I may have tried being in front of the camera. I may have tried something else. And if I give it a year and I've tried and I've done everything, I've got my mindset right and I'm practicing, I'm falling on my face and I'm practicing again and I'm still shit. All right, maybe I just say, Lisa, you can either spend the rest of your life dedicated to trying to become the best at this thing, but because you already spent a year, the chances are unlikely, or the chances are even if you spend the rest of your life doing it, you're only going to be freaking mediocre. All right, now I can just go, cool, I'm only going to be mediocre. Do I actually want to spend my life there? But if it's something that I so freaking believe in, so for you, the fact that you asked about dancing means that you freaking are on fire for it. So... Let that fire freaking burn and start practicing more and more and more and more and focus on being the best freaking person so that no one can freaking ignore you. Hello, Lisa, and thank you for the great content that you put out there. My question has to do with all these negative thoughts and beliefs that are running in my mind when I have to take action. So I have a clear goal. I know the steps I need to take. But when it comes the time for me to take action, I get paralyzed with all these negative thoughts that are running in my mind. Things like the fear of failure, that's one. But also, what are they going to say? What other people are going to think? Who do you think you are? Um, what if I actually succeed? All these things are running in my background and don't allow me to actually move into action. So what are daily tips, strategies, or things that you would recommend I do to get past these paralyzing thoughts and get me moving forward? Sophia, girl, that's such a freaking strong question. And it really hit me when you said the fear of failing and the fear of succeeding. 
Like that's so freaking, that really hit me to my core. So here's the thing, you're just fearful, right? Of the unknown. Like that's what came across in that, is that you have a plan, you have an idea, but you don't know where you're actually gonna end up. So you're so fearful of either end that you don't wanna move. So I would say, what's the best case scenario and the worst case scenario? Like literally, when I started to process getting in front of the camera and people were like, who the hell are you? Trust me, girl, I know that so many people have said, who do you think you are doing that? Who do you think you are? And the negative thoughts were there, 100%. Like I don't think I've ever met one human being that was telling the freaking truth that didn't have a negative thought. So the great news is you're like everyone else, you have these negative thoughts, and now we can talk about how you actually use them to serve you instead of hold you back. I have come to the somewhat conclusion that you are fearful in the unknown. Okay, great, now we know that. But what is exciting for you? Like, what is that really, really exciting thing about your plan? Because you're gonna have to hold on to what fuels you and drives you. Because here's the thing, failure is probable. Success is not guaranteed. So now it's like you're so looking at the goal, you're not even thinking about the journey. And so the one thing I always say to myself, I don't know if Women of Impact is going to be a massive brand that I had that I envision it to be. Like I really want Women of Impact to be an impactful place for women. But I don't know if it's actually going to work. For all I know, this is about as big as I'm ever going to get as a brand. Okay. I know that that's a very strong possibility, but every single day I wake up and I get fueled about what I'm actually doing, like the actual act of what I'm doing. So you've already said that you've put in all the steps. Great, what's step one? What joy can you get out of step one? Hold on to that girl, because like I said, failure is probable and success is probably not. So the thing is, is are you enjoying it? Are you loving your life? Are you having fun with it? Now, the other thing is, of course, people are going to come and say, and when I say of course, it's actually sad that it's of course, but the truth is, of course, people aren't going to believe in you. People aren't going to think that you have the right, quote unquote, to actually do what you're doing. And here's the thing, going back to, I've said this many times in this episode, you can't control other people. Like you can't control how other people are going to react to you. So you have to practice not letting that stop you or affect you. And so for me, it was believing and holding so tightly to what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis that even the negative voices and even all the naysayers cannot penetrate the excitement I have for what I'm doing. Because it's like those freaking woodpeckers, right? They're going to keep pecking at you in your confidence of like doing something. It's it's coming at me whether I freaking like it or not. So all the naysayers can come. They ain't going to penetrate me. So that sounds a little rude. They're not going to change the way that I do things. Um, but I've really, really thought about that. And even just joking with you about using that word, right? It's like, oh God, I can't believe people are going to think that I've said that word and everyone's going to think rude things. But I just freaking embrace it. Yes, I said the wrong word and it came out really freaking weird. But what do I do in real time, guys? You can see that I just freaking laugh at it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to hate this video because I use that word? Then go ahead. You're not my peeps in a way. So um, anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. But seriously, girl, you just have to get started. Like we all freeze and you just need to get started because here's the thing. I'm going to drop this on you because it hits me so hard. It's not that you want confidence. 
It's not that you personally are looking to only build confidence. Confidence is a tool, right? So you want confidence to do something else. You want the confidence to be able to get started. You want the confidence to be able to say to those naysayers, when you do well, all the people that didn't believe in you, you want the confidence to actually just make that first step. But it's not actually the confidence that is the final goal. It's you doing that first step. So get freaking started, girl. And know those people are there. You're not going to be able to influence them. You're not going to be able to change them. But who the hell gives a shit, right? Because you're waking up every single day fueling yourself. Hi, Lisa. I know that you were bullied when you were younger. And I would love to hear about how I can turn my inner critic from being the voice of those bullies 18 years later to being my own inner hype squad. Thanks very much. Bye. In a freaking hype squad. I love that so much. Okay, yes, I was bullied when I was younger. And then here's the thing though. I actually deliberately hold on to it because I like to remind myself of who I used to be because that's really important. It's actually not to forget. It's not to just like get rid of it and hope it never comes back. I use it as my fuel. Why? Because I can't freaking switch it off. Like that little girl inside me that was bullied, I wish I could. I wish I could get rid of her. But alas, she is still freaking here. So I go, okay, if she's here, how do I use her for my next goal? To be, I love that, to be my inner hype squad. So what I do is I just say, hey, come along for the ride. Maybe you can show me something that my ego doesn't want to see. So for instance, if it's something with looks, okay, that's very um, external. I can actually do something about that if it's important to me. But the internal things, the things that where I was told, Lisa, you're stupid, or Lisa, I can't believe you get your B's and your D's mixed up. Like these little things are absolute insecurities that still stay with me. Literally, as I'm writing today, I still have to stop for one beat and think, oh shit, which one's a B and a D and which one's a G and a J. And here's the thing that still exists in me, but I've changed the way that I see it. I used to see it as this is a freaking weakness and I better hide that because if I don't, I'm going to get bullied. Okay. That's how I used to think. The same thing, the exact same skill or lack of skill, I should say, is still with me. And now how do I think about it? Despite the fact that I have to stop and I get confused with my G's and J's, I, I still go out there. I still post Instagram things. I'm still potentially writing a freaking book. So now I use these things that used to actually be things that were, I was bullied over. And I go, isn't that freaking amazing? Someone who used to get bullied for this is now writing a book. Someone who now used to get bullied for her looks and was literally, I would rip up photos of myself. I'm now standing in front of the camera. And so I don't get rid of it. I remind myself of my growth. So here's now how to make this all extremely tangible for you. What is the thing that you can't get over? And what is the thing that you're desperate to do in life that you find that this thing is actually holding you back from this? You need to be so damn concrete on what that actually is. And now say, how do you evolve that to be so freaking proud of it? Right? So you've now got these pillars. How do you evolve it to be so freaking proud? So for me, I actually don't beat myself up over it. I'm so damn proud that despite this, I have come over to this side. So where are, where were you? Where do you want to go? And then what are the steps that you need to do in between these things that's going to allow you to actually conquer this and actually get here? So 
Go do it. Freaking proud of you for starting even to ask the question. And now, girl, go freaking crush it. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for doing this. This is awesome, especially for young women who are developing habits now. So I'm Sonia, 17 from Canada, and I love all the work you're doing. So my question is, how can we stop worrying about how we're being perceived by other people? Um, So in other words, how can we be more unapologetic? Oh, man, how to be unapologetically you. That's a freaking great question. So here's the thing. Like anything, everything I've been saying in this video, guys, it's stepping stones. It's never going to be I tell you once and then you're done and you wake up tomorrow and now you're unapologetically you. I wish it was the way, but sadly it's not. So here's what I say. You have to embrace it. It's going to be stepping stones. It's going to take, it's a journey. It's going to take you time. And here's the thing. There is no end goal. There's no finish line. So hopefully that's good news for you that you know that it's an ongoing process. That's great news for me because, um, I'm not putting so much pressure on myself to actually 
cross a finish line. It's a process. So even if I've spent a month practicing this, there may be one time that I was like, oh man, you didn't even like apologize. That's so impressive. All right, give myself a pat on the back for that one time. Now I'm skipping ahead, backtrack on how you actually get to that one time. So you haven't given yourself a timeline. And so you go, okay, cool. It's all steps of increments. So identify one moment, like just be aware. I'm actually not asking you guys to do anything except awareness right now. Be freaking aware of what's happening around you. When is the last time, or if you can't even remember, start today. When's the last time that you felt like you were apologizing for who you were, or you felt like you had to defend how you showed up? Like actually have an idea in your head, guys, because it's going to be so freaking important. This isn't abstract. It's important that you identify for you. What was that thing that was said? And why did you feel like you were apologizing for it? And now you have to peel the onion, as they say. You have to peel the onion in order to actually start assessing why that thing hit you the way it did. Right? So for me, spoken about this before, but for me, my trigger is when someone looks down at me or someone talks down to me, I should say, I start apologizing for mistakes. I start slipping into behavior that I didn't, I did when I was a kid. So my brother and my sister were naturally intelligent. I struggled somewhat with math and things like that. So I'm very, very sensitive to being spoken down to as if I'm stupid, let's say. So now I want to have the confidence to not break in situations where maybe someone's talking down to me. So I look at what happened. I replay the scenario in my head. I've identified why I started to be apologetic or defend myself or whatever words you want to use. I've identified where it came from. So, and again, I'm just observing right now. I'm just putting pieces of the puzzle all together so I can actually understand why I feel like this is the thing that really freaking triggered me. Why I feel like I actually have to apologize over here. Like it's important to actually understand why. And now you go, what can I do differently? If you can, maybe you can't, but if you can, what can I do differently? Is it something different I could have said? Is it something different that I can do? Is there actually something that is true that they're helping me get better at? Like you have to start asking yourself the questions in order for you to identify why this very specific thing is making you feel less than, making you feel like um, you're not accepted. Once you've identified, once you've replayed it in your head, once you've got new scenarios, then you can start to practice. You can start to practice. And like I said, you may go a month and you've only actually succeeded once. That's okay. That's okay. Like two step forward, one step back. It's still moving you forward. So I then go, I'm just going to practice every day, every day, every day. I'm going to practice. And when this thing shows up, I'm going to see how I do. And if you mess up, if you honestly slip back into apologizing and, you know, like really relinquishing your power, kind of like that word, don't really like that word. But if you're doing that, don't beat yourself up. Go, cool. Now it's another gameplay that I can rewind. I was going to do a sports analogy, but I'm not very good with sports. But you know how they rewind matches and they start putting in, like, oh, this person moved here and this person moved here. Or if it's MMA, which I'm a fan of, it's like, oh, see that move that they just did? That's where you got yourself into trouble. That's where they broke your arm. So replay it. 
Understand where you went wrong. See where they hit you, where it was weak, where you felt like, oh God, that just stung. They, they just triggered me there. No harm. Like, and when I say no harm, don't beat yourself up over it. That is so important that we, oh God, I want to say women. It's true. It is probably mostly women. I find it in a way. We just beat ourselves up over it. But flip the switch. Tell yourself perspective is everything and tell yourself that I'm going to rewind the gameplay. I'm going to come up with a better plan because that's how I get better, right? Repeating those words to yourself stops you from focusing on, oh my God, I can't believe that I fell in that trap again. Oh my God, I've been working on this for a year and I still fell into it. I still do. But I don't beat myself up over it. I take the replay. I do a new move. I practice again and again and again. Wax on, wax off for any Karate Kid fans out there. And so I can show up again. But girl, trust me, you've got this. You just have to keep practicing. Practice, 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 guys. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. You got this, girl. You freaking got this. Hi, my name is Des. Um, my question today is, how would you suggest staying confident in a conversation that you can kind of tell has switched its vibes? Um, more sp specifically, um, a conversation when you tell somebody that you don't want to have kids or uh, for some other women that you don't want to have more kids and you can tell that those people are surprised by their, your answer or that they are um, kind of put off by the answer. How would you suggest staying confident in those situations? Des, girl, thank you so much for this question. I freaking love it because this is actually what I had to go through myself in real time and I stumbled and messed up so many times, but I have an answer for you. I'm going to come back to it. The best freaking news is you can't control everyone else. So the one thing you can guarantee is no matter how much you want to please everybody, you're never going to. No matter what decision you make, you're not going to please everyone. And that realization, while it seems, yeah, everyone knows that, it's, it was so freaking powerful when I really let it penetrate me. I cannot control other people. So now what I can do is figure out how I step into that space with confidence. Now here's where I went wrong. I tried to persuade other people. I thought, oh my God, okay, Lisa, you've decided not to have kids. You've got this. You know that that's really what, like, what you want out of life. And then I would find myself in discussions and I would start to get flustered. I'd start to get annoyed. I'd get, start to get frustrated, upset, like really hurt because people were pushing back. And then I realized, why the hell am I letting other people dictate how I should feel about a decision I make? Let that sink in for a second. And then when I realized I shouldn't, I then thought, okay, how do I reverse this? How do I now change it? Now we have to assess why do we not feel confident when our decision is being challenged? Is that because we're not sure about it? Like, these are the actual questions I ask myself. So let's take kids because it is a freaking perfect example that I had to go through. So I decided I wasn't going to have children. I started to talk about it. People challenged me. People would say, but Lisa, like, isn't that selfish? But Lisa, aren't you worried that your husband does want kids? But Lisa, aren't you worried that people are going to think of you as less of a woman? Like, all these things started coming up. And as they were coming up, I started to feel really shitty about myself. And I found myself giving every reason under the sun and defending my decision. Now, what is that actually doing? The second you feel like you have to defend your decision, 
What are you actually saying to yourself? You're saying that this isn't for me. This isn't my decision. Other people get to weigh in. Fuck that shit. Like, seriously, no one gets to weigh in your decision. Now, of course, if it's kids and you have a partner, like, let's caveat that. But other people, parents, co-workers, friends, no one freaking gets to tell you your decision. So what I started to do is, how do I go into these conversations with utter confidence? And so it was a stepping stone process. The first time it was, all right, Lisa, what do you know? I know I don't want children. Okay, go in knowing people are going to push back. For me, that was really helpful, knowing that people are going to have an opinion and don't agree with you. I have a very traditional Greek background, so you can imagine all the things that came out of that. So I would walk in and I would play the scenarios in my head. What do I think my mom's going to say? What do I think my dad's going to say? And I would prepare responses. So that allowed me to not be caught off guard, which is super important because the second I'm caught off guard, the second my emotions start to spike, when when your emotions start to spike, you cannot articulate anything. And at least for me, once my emotions are heightened, I literally cannot articulate anything and I become defensive. And I realized that doesn't help me. So I have a comeback plan. But usually even in that comeback plan, it kind of falls apart a little. So what I would do is I remind myself why I made the choice. I would remind myself in those moments, so as someone saying, why, you're less of a woman, oh my God, or like all these things, I would remind myself in real time, this is right for you. Lisa, this is right for you. And so I would repeat that. So I would remind myself why I'd made the decision. And then the next thing I would remind myself is, I'm not here to persuade you. I would repeat that in my head. I'm not here to persuade you. If something comes up, I will happily explain why I made X, Y, and Z decision. But I am not here to persuade you. So for you, next time, whether it is kids or not, whether you have kids and you don't want any more, if you are literally in tune, if you're really in tune with why you made the decision and you can honestly say that that's the right decision, because there's another little asterisk here, Sometimes, when we feel like we have to defend ourselves, is because we're not actually sure it's the right decision. So that's a little side note that is so freaking important that you must assess. Am I getting stung by people pushing back because I'm actually not sure? Or am I getting stung when people push back because I really believe in this and I just want everyone to be on board? Like those are two very different things. So you need to first assess if you're fully confident in your decision, If in full transparency, you can say yes, 100%, then you go into those conversations with the phrase, repeat after me, it is not their decision. I'm not here to convince them. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for choosing my question. Um, my question is, how can I gain my sense of confidence and worthiness as a woman after being with a man for four years that when in public would stare at women in a way like Terminator, scanning them. Um, obviously, when you are with someone with that behavior, it doesn't add to your self-esteem. You don't feel worthy and you feel like the other person is more beautiful than you. And it's like a competition. You also have developed this sense of he's going to leave me. He's always looking forward for something different. He's always looking to the side. He, that has been the man that make a big dent in me. And I just wonder your thoughts. How can I get more confidence and regain my sense of worthiness back? Thank you, Lisa. Love you. Common, common, common. Thank you so much for this question. Okay, so here is the thing. You can take it as bad news or you can take it as the most freaking amazing news ever. I choose to take it as amazing news. Okay, are you ready? There's always, repeat, there's always going to be someone prettier than you, smarter than you, better physique than you. Like that is just the way the world is. I know that about myself. I know that every day I'm just getting older. So if I pride myself on my beauty and my age, I'm freaking screwed. So right now, here's the thing. There's always going to be someone out there that's going to be better right? Like that's just human nature. Now the thing is, is to say, how do I not let that erode my sense of self? Because I cannot take my own husband. I cannot control him. I cannot control if there's a beautiful woman that walks by me and I cannot control what he responds to. But what I freaking can control is how I feel about myself and how worthy I see myself. And so that actually has nothing to do with other people. That has nothing to do with someone walking by and being prettier than you. That is you looking inside yourself and saying, what are my insecurities? How do I overcome these? So I freaking believe in myself. That's the core. How do we believe in ourselves when we come to a situation where there is someone pretty prettier than us or a partner does look elsewhere? Because once you really start there, if you end up with somebody that starts looking at other people, you know your self-worth. You know, and you'll be able to say, hang on a minute, that is disrespectful. I'm worth more than that. And so you either need to change your behavior or this isn't a relationship I want to be a part of. But focusing on yourself is going to be freaking key. And so when I say focus on yourself, really, really look at what are your insecurities? What are the things that are your triggers? So that when your partner looks at somebody else, how do you make sure that doesn't, I'm going to go back to, erode your own self-worth? So for me, it really was just looking at what am I insecure about? Because when something, um, when, you know, what, what is the phrase? When the monster rears his freaking ugly head, I need to know how to handle it. So that insecurity doesn't break me, doesn't make me feel less of myself. And then again, showing up to make sure people, other people know that you know what you are freaking worth. Hey, Lisa. It's Marie Faye from Ireland. I'm wearing my Superman, Superwoman t-shirt because of you. My question is, how do you gather 
enough confidence to be able to do all your Facebook lives and your Instagram lives and your show, your Women of Impact. Uh, just you, you're just so authentic and so yourself. You, there's no uh, pretend or anything. So I just want to know. I want to do Facebook lives and and live videos. How do I get the confidence to do that? Thank you. Superwoman! Oh my god, I freaking love that t-shirt, girl. Okay, so here's the thing: confidence comes from competence. Now, I've heard that so many times. For years I've heard it. And it literally hit me a month ago. Because I didn't really process what that meant. So let me break it down for you. And I hope it freaking hits you like it hit me. Okay, I want to be able to be confident at doing Facebook Lives. Well, in order for me to be confident, I have to be competent at it. It means I have to actually be good at it. Now, like anything, walking, running, writing, speaking, all the things that we do, how did we get competent at it? We started, right? We had to start somewhere. But as adults, we have been taught that we either need to have it or not. What freaking happened to like being able to fall on our face over and over and over again? To, to like slur our words as freaking kids, to drool on ourselves. Like why do we not give ourselves that cushion to do that? So I have just told myself, you know what freaking Lisa, I don't give a shit what other people think. Every time I want to attack something new, I'm going to be that baby. Like I'm going to lean into it and allow myself to pick myself up and fall on the floor, to allow myself to drool, to allow myself to freaking figure it out because we've just stopped for some reason allowing and accepting that that's a possibility so what I'm going to say to you is in order for you to get confident you need to get competent how do you get competent girl you have to start and here's the thing your first Facebook lives are going to be terrible your first Instagram lives are going to be terrible. All the stuff that I've done have were terrible. Even now, I do things and I'm just like, that was, that, that was shit. But I don't beat myself up over it. Why? Because I tell myself I'm learning. Like, words matter, guys. What you tell yourself matters. So what I keep doing is say, Lisa, you're learning. Lisa, you're learning. Every time I fall on the floor, if I want to do a Facebook Live and I messed up, and, oh my God, I can't believe I swore when I shouldn't. I can't believe I messed up that person's name when I shouldn't. I can't believe that I fumbled this. I gave terrible advice. Whatever the hell it is, trust me, you're going to think it. So now, you know, okay, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to have all these different issues. But the great news is... I can learn. Repeat, I can learn. So when you tell yourself, I can learn anything if I set my mind to it. Or another thing that I do is I say, yet. I'm not amazing at Facebook Lives yet. What are you telling yourself? That you can freaking get better, guys. You can get better. So now you know I'm not good at it yet. What will it take for me to be good at it? Obviously, practice is going to be massive. But what are the other things that hold you back? Is it that you're shy in front of the camera? Okay, what I would say is put a freaking camera in front of your, your face every single day for a month. Press record. Do not send the video out. Just press record and speak straight to it. Great. And if you practice in front of your camera every single morning for a month, you're going to get better. 
So whatever it is, tell yourself that you're not good at it yet. And what will it take? This is my favorite thing. What will it take for me to be the best in the freaking world at it? Like you may even look at me and like you even said, that's so freaking kind of you. But here's the truth. The very first time I did a Facebook live, wasn't live. I was so scared to do a Facebook live that with my husband. He was like, no, come on, come on. It's Valentine's Day. It's going to be perfect. I was like, are you freaking joking? Going live is petrifying for me. So what we did is we filmed it. We filmed it off and then we just released it. And that was how I started to get comfortable with being in front of the camera. So you see where I am now. And it's my girl, Rachel Hollis. I freaking love this when she said it. Do not compare your beginning to my middle. I fucking put in the reps, guys. I've put in the reps. I've had to be uncomfortable, put myself in front of the camera for years, petrified inside. But I fucking put in the reps. So right now, if anyone, whether it's a YouTube video, whatever it is, like it doesn't even have to be that, whatever it is, do not compare your beginning to someone else's freaking middle or end. It's going to do you a disservice. My girl Lisa Nichols, one of my favorite phrases, don't make me extraordinary to let you off the hook. Don't think I was freaking born like this. Don't think that I was ever just naturally comfortable in front of the camera. Like, I love that phrase so much because I used to, I literally did that to Lisa Nichols. I didn't have a growth mindset. I saw her speak and I was like, wow, this woman's amazing. I could never do that. And then out of her mouth, as I thought that, she said, do not make me extraordinary to let yourself off the hook. And that freaking hit me like a ton of bricks because I was looking at her, seeing where she was and thinking she has something special. I don't. You're doing yourself a freaking disservice. So my advice is, girl, go freaking start. Become competent to build your confidence. All right, guys, if this video brought you any value, please do share, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.